Hey, this is Dana Miette, and you're listening to the Teen Life Survival Guide Podcast. If you want the real long version of what this podcast is about, go on over to the first episodes, but I'm going to keep this short and sweet now that we got a couple episodes under our belt. This podcast is made for teens, but it's really welcome to anyone who wants to learn more about their faith as we tackle the tough topics about life. If you have any topic requests, please email me at teenlifesurvivalguide at gmail.com. Any Bible will do, but if you want to follow along what Bible I will be reading out of, it will always be the New American Standard Bible. May God bless you, and I cannot wait to start this journey with you. As always, what's up, guys? A special welcome to Australia and Saudi Arabia, and our topic of the day is the truth about marriage. And I think this is such an essential one, especially in the life of a teen, because I'm just going to straight up say it, we have a very weird assumption of what marriage actually is. So without further ado, let's start with a prayer. Dear God... Thank you for this day. Thank you, as always, for this opportunity to come together. God, may we never take for granted your love, your mercy. May we always have hope in you. And God, as we learn about marriage, give us wisdom to where when we're looking for someone that we choose to spend the rest of our life with, that we choose to look for what you value in a human for us, that we choose to see what we need based on our faith in you. And God, let us know the truth about marriage and Learn about the tough things because the only way to ever get it right is to know the truth and to follow you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So before we get started, I am going to emphasize that I am married and I absolutely love my marriage and I would not trace my husband for anything in the world. I'm very blessed. It is clear that God has given me the one that is, you know, for me, that I prayed about it and I found the one that was part of my covenant and I married the one that was meant for me. But with that said, that does not mean that we don't have our struggles. But before we get into that, I do want to go over some facts. I have just Googled this, okay? Um, And this is why this topic is so important. So in case you didn't know, 40 to 50% of marriages end in divorce. Um, Let's see, almost yeah, so 50% of U.S. marriages end in divorce. Research estimate that 41% of first marriages end in divorce. And then when you get to the second marriage, it's 60% and then 73% if you decide to marry three times. The United States has the sixth highest divorce rate in the world. Russia, you're number one. Uh, let's see. And a lot of these are names that do not listen to our podcast, so we're not going to waste our time. This was on Google and comes from Wilkinson and Finkber family attorneys because they were the first person that popped up when I looked up those stats. So that should alarm you because as we know, if we read our Bible and even if we don't read our Bible, I'm sure we attended a wedding or something. And so we know the truth about marriage. Um, but in case you don't remember, I'm going to go ahead and read Mark 10 for you. So Mark chapter 10, and it was talking about marriage and divorce. And so we'll start at verse one, and I'm just going to go to, let's say, verse nine. Okay. He set out from there and went into the district of Judea and across the Jordan. Again, crowds gathered around him, and as was his custom, he again taught them. The Pharisees approached, oh, the good old Pharisees, and asked, Is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He said to them in reply, What does Moses command you? They replied, Moses permitted him to write a bill of divorce and dismiss her. But Jesus told them, 
Because of the hardness of your hearts, he wrote this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made the male, them male and female. For this reason, a man, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no man must separate. All right, we've probably heard that before. And this is not one my podcast talking about is divorce right and wrong you know just like when we did kind of abortion i'm not here to judge what i am trying to do is i'm here to educate and i'm here to kind of remind you and again i'm no better than you i'm probably the dumbest person in the room but i do kind of know about marriage because one i'm married and two i used to do uh marriage classes where we kind of learned about marriage in a different um things so first i want to talk about why most marriages i per personally believe end in divorce and i really think it's because we look at the worldly view of marriage okay god has a different view of marriage than the world and so i remember in high school i, I, I jotted a list of things that in high school that i really wanted as i grew up i kind of wanted in a husband or things that i thought were kind of important so when I was in high school, I liked when my boyfriend, and remember I married my high school sweetheart, so I liked when my boyfriend would hold my hand. You know, I thought when we got older, I would think about going to bed, saying I love you, kissing and cuddling, and you know, getting little sweet messages, him telling me I love you, you know, and getting close, like just sitting on the couch and he's going to hug me all the time and he's going to turn and look at me and tell me, you know, he loves me. And then you get on social media and you see these beautiful things of all these relationships and how they're so happy smiling in all their pictures. They're cuddled close. They have a beautiful family. They love their husband so much. Oh, happy anniversary. And oh, my husband got me flowers. Oh, my husband made me dinner. And marriage just looks like this wonderful thing. But we have to remember two things. One, that's your worldly view. And two, social media is a liar. I have several times posted pictures when I've had an awful week and a lot of fights with my husband or friends or whatever where I was just in a terrible mood and I was depressed all week. But guess what Facebook gets? You think Facebook gets crying, sad family? No, Facebook gets happy family. There was sometimes we went on vacation and it was a miserable vacation, but we took a smiling cute picture. We were happy for a couple seconds. So guess what gets posted on Facebook? Not the fights about, oh, you got lost. Not the fights about, why can't you just pick where we're going? No, what gets posted on Facebook is the happy pictures. And everyone does it, guys. Like I said, I am in a happy, healthy marriage. And, you know, we do fight like every other couple. But it's a normal thing. It's not like we're going through marital problems. And so what I'm trying to point out to you is that people get this false reality of what marriage is from social media and just from like movies where, you know, you're going to fight and make up or, oh, it's, if they don't get you flowers, it's a big deal. And what we have to realize is marriage really isn't that. Marriage is a covenant, not a legal contract. And so a lot of people think when they get married, oh, well, if he doesn't treat me right, I'm just going to leave him. But really, that's the legal side. That's the worldly side. That's just, the again, the legal details that come with a marriage. But a marriage is so much more than that. And that's why, like, at least in the Catholic Church, that they want you to get married in a church because it is a covenant. 
And if you look at the different covenants in the Bible, God has never broken any of his covenants. He made covenants with man. He did it with the rainbow. He's done it, you know, other ways too. He has made covenants. And so when we make a covenant with him and we make that agreement, we're making a spiritual agreement. We're saying that with God as our witness, that we are never going to break this covenant. And I take that very serious. If you're going to marry someone and you're going to make a covenant with God that the two are now one, you need to make sure that you're finding the person that's not the worldly view person. And I think that's why 50% of marriages end the way they do. Because we get married with this contract, I love you, you love me. It's almost like the Barney song, I love you, you love me, we're a happy family. And the thing is, it has to go so much deeper than worldly love. If it's not spiritual love, if it's not literal soulmates where you were chosen by God to be together, it's going to fail because marriage isn't what society thinks. And so marriage, I list what I've learned marriages over the year. Marriage is sacrifice, communication, teamwork, exhaustion from duties, loves, and lots of trust. And so what I've seen over and over, um, we have kids now, and I don't want to get too much into that because we'll talk about the reality of having kids, but I'll just tell you what a normal day looks like in a real life marriage. So me and my husband both work. So he wakes up before me and he leaves probably about 10 minutes before I um, am officially up, up. I'm kind of like moving around, but he's getting ready to leave because he's got to get his lunch ready, get his stuff ready. And so for like five seconds, we talked to literally five seconds. He comes in, he says, well, I'm going to work, gives me a hug, kisses me goodbye, and he leaves and goes to work. And then I have to hurry up and get ready, get all my lunch prepped, eat my breakfast, that kind of stuff. And then I get my daughter out of bed and then I head to work. And so when he gets to work, he texts me, I love you. When I get to work, I text him, I'm at work, I love you. And then throughout the day, maybe one or two texts, but but we both have to work. So there's no communication there. Then we get home and you would think, oh, you know, again, this fantasy of you're going to have all this time to hug, cuddle, kiss, and just say, I love you. But that's not the key. You have to get dinner ready. The dishes are going to pile up. Don't think they don't. It don't matter that only three people are living in our house and we're gone half the day. The dishes, we have to run them at least Twice a week, I'd say, uh, twice a week, listen to me, lying, four times a week, I would say we probably run that dishwasher and I wasn't trying to lie, my bad, just forget how much we run the darn dishwasher. And so, and then you got clothes and you got to take care of the baby, you got to feed the baby and all that good stuff. So what happens is one's cooking while the other one's taking care of the baby. And then we have family time, but when we have family time, you know, you have our child's almost two. And so we spend a lot of time focusing on her. We try to talk a little bit about our day, but we focus on her. Then she goes to bed. Um, and then we have about two hours before it's time for us to go to bed. And although we love each other and although we do spend time together, you have to think that's two hours a day, every single day, except the weekend that you have time to do things. So sometimes we do things together, but sometimes we need time 
to, you know, do things apart, to do things ourselves. I do my podcast sometimes during those two hours. He'll um, go work out and run. You need time to just relax. And so marriage doesn't always come off as easy because you really don't have that much time together that you have to use that time correctly and you have to have good communications. And, you know, sometimes when he would go run, four or five days a week, I'd have to tell him, hey, stop. I need time to be with you. I need time to, you know, hear about your day. And, I, you know, I'm feeling a little unloved. Tell me you love me. And we have to communicate. And like I said, we're exhausted from our duties. And even though we want to kind of hang up, hang out, you know, most of the times after those two hours we go to bed, we don't want to stay up late because we have to wake up and do it again. So it takes lots of trust in one another. It takes lots of communication and working together and sharing those duties. I cannot tell you, and you know, I'm not saying if a husband doesn't do it, it's wrong. Every relationship's different. God gives you what you need. But my husband helps cook. He helps clean. And I could tell you that the day wouldn't happen and we'd get in so many fights if he wasn't a team player, if he didn't do it as well. And of course, we make time um, for love and intimacy and all those things. Not that you wanted to hear that. But we do make time because it is a very important part of marriage, which you could read about in the Bible and make time to just, you know, be with one another and support one another. But a lot of the acts of love, like I said, or through actions of, you know, getting up every day, going to work, making it a point to text each other that we made it safe and that we're thinking about each other to come home and to, you know, share the responsibilities and be with our child together and make sure her life is good together. And that's really what a marriage is. If you're thinking that you're going to be sitting there holding hands and cuddling on a couch, welcome to toddler who's going to literally, every time I hug my husband in front of my toddler, and I still do it because I think it's important for her to see, but I'll hug her and she'll come running in between us. And boy, if I kiss him, she gets so jealous, she has to kiss him. And so my point is, we based, you know, what marriage is off of all these lovey-dovey feelings, and it's not like that. And I'm not trying to hate on, you know, men, but I think men and women, you know, not all, but have different personalities. And I know for women, we like to share typically our emotions and our feelings. And we, when we fight, we want our husbands to talk and tell us, you know, what they did wrong or what we did wrong and how we could fix it. And most marriages aren't like that. Um, a lot of times the guys don't like to talk as much as the girls. And it's something you have to work on. It's something you have to pray about. But it's 100% normal. A lot of people think this is what I signed up for. Because, you know, when you first fall in love, a lot of emotions come out. And so I think guys and girls typically maybe share more. You're trying to figure out that person. And so they're more present emotionally and they talk a little more. But as a relationship grows... They become more comfortable and then that kind of fades. So the point in all this is when you marry somebody, you want to make sure you're not marrying somebody for looks or social status or who's going to be the best cuddler. You want to marry the person that God sent you, that God gave you as a life partner, that as soon as you're joined together, no one separate. And if you look in the Bible, I think another issue is, and we'll get to vocations eventually. I really want to do that one soon. But a lot of people think they have to get married married. And I think the reason, another reason so many marriages end in divorce can be due to the fact that way too many people feel like they have to get married from society pressure. I know a lot of people always say, when are you going to get married? When are you having kids? And they put this pressure 
But if you really read the Bible, God kind of, if, if you read it, he kind of points out like if you need the physical attraction, if you need to get married. And I think what happens is, you know, there are a lot of people called to marriage, but I think a lot of people are called to vocations that are different than marriage. And we miss it because we're so caught in with the world thinks and we're looking and we're grasping for this person. And you might not realize that you're stronger than you think. And God takes you in your strength and makes you go past the worldly views. And actually, you're supposed to be single, not because he wants you to be lonely, but because he wants to make you less lonely than us. Because, you know, I kind of rely, you know, when my husband and I fight, it makes me feel lonely. But if I didn't have my husband and I really just had God and I truly just relied on God, then I could be never let down and I'd never be lonely. So a lot of people think, you know, it's got to be marriage or not happy. But that's not the case. So what I challenge you today is when you think about marriage, I want you to look at it through a different lens. I want you to look at it through who is God calling me to be with and how can I prepare myself for that person? You know, when we're in singleness, we always focus on trying to find the right one. But one of the biggest mistakes and one mistake I feel like I did make that I'm getting better with now is being ready for that person, making sure you're emotionally ready, you're faithfully ready and that you're prepared so that you can be the best person version for that person that you're not actually relying on that person like I should not feel like in my marriage that if my husband left me not god forbid that I'm just not myself anymore and that I'm just lonely because if I'm doing everything God created me to be no matter what I lost you know if my husband dies tomorrow god forbid but no matter what I lose, if I lose everything, you know, God should still be enough. And it's hard to grasp and I'm still not there. But my challenge to you is making sure you're spiritually prepping yourself and making sure you're the best version of yourself. So that way, when you do find the right one, you're not spending all this time trying to get to the person you're meant to be for them and for yourself, but that you're already there. And again, whenever you get into a relationship, looking for someone who is going to be, who is God calling me to be with? And what is he doing for me? Because if he's just telling you, I love you and giving you good hugs, that's not going to get it done. It needs to be the person that is going to wake up at 4 a.m. with your child who's sick because he wants you to sleep a little longer because he knows you were sick last week. Or he's going to be the one to sacrifice for you. Like I talked about in a teen podcast, you know, everyone wants to pressure you to have sex in high school. Well, if God's calling you to that person, they're not going to pressure you and they're not going to break up with you just because you won't have sex with them in high school if they're the right person for you and if they truly love you. So just looking for the person that's meant for you and realizing that marriage is, is not roses. And get, I can't even tell you the last time my husband got me flowers, but I can tell you the last time he has made sure doctor's appointments were ready and that he's helped with the dishes and the clothes and he was present and that's what truly matters at the end of the day so I hope that kind of opens your eyes a little bit and makes you realize you know what marriage is all about because that's more of the truth than anything you'll hear so I hope you have a good day God bless